Well, and that was the big problem with a lot of worship in the medieval period was all these incense started coming in. And uh, there's a, a quote later on that <clears throat> um, I kind of pulled out there for you mm-hmm. uh, by a guy named Dr. David Music. A yes, really. Name. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And he wrote a book on music. Anyway, uh, he said, gradually over the course of the thousand years before the Reformation, the medieval church reinstituted progressively aspe- progressive aspects of the mosaic ceremonial cultus. Um, cultus just means yeah. a system of worship, basically, including the introduction of musical instruments, which had been suppressed in churches until the 10th century. Their reintroduction was highly controversial. The introduction of instruments in worship accompanied the rise of sacerdotalism. Basically, priests are the uh, mediator, not Christ, mm-hmm. in medieval worship. The Reformation saw itself as recovering not only the biblical pattern of worship, but the praxis of the early post-apostolic church. Uh, the Reformation of worship happened in stages. The first stage of the Reformation in worship of worship established a formal principle of the Reformation, sola scriptura, uh, that is, you know, Scripture alone is our authority. The Reformed churches applied the Scripture principle most thoroughly to the practice of worship. In other words, the regulative principles. So that's where we get that is really an application of sola scriptura. Yeah. Um, so what I wanted to say about the, the the smells and bells and the fog machines and lasers uh, today is it it kind of all winter long with this belief that the priests are the ones actually who are going to make um, make it intercession for you. They are the ones uh, who are your who are your mediator between yeah. God and man. And obviously that is a false belief of the Roman Catholic Church. And uh, yeah, very uh, it's terrible, right? Um, so you need that kind of stuff. Yeah. To yeah. help people believe that the priest is actually going to be effective in communicating. You know, if you can smell it and see it, you need that emotional experience in order to really believe that something is happening instead of trusting uh, the scriptures that when we worship, God comes down to meet us. Yeah. And um, a couple points I want to make out. One, I have not done the research myself into this. Um, this correlation, I, I would, I mm-hmm. I wonder if it's like a a correlation or causation type thing. Did they happen mm-hmm. at the same time? You know, maybe. Did the fact that they happened at the same time mean that they are related to one another? I don't know. I, I I see this one source that you pointed out, and it may just it it could very well have been um, just a correlation. They just happened to be at the same time. I don't know that one influenced the other. Just from this. Um, this reference that you made, I've not done the research myself. So I'm not Mm -hmm. saying one way or the other. I just, I do want to just be careful to say that just because they happen at the same time, doesn't mean that they influenced one another. They may have, but I don't know. Um, yeah. Correlation is not causation. Correct. Um, I'm going to make an argument, not from scripture for a second. Mm -hmm. And I've already made a very long argument from scripture. So I think I've kind of, earned this but uh is that your quota it is you have to i have to first do you do that first is it's scripture first 
and then uh, that's that's how it works, right? Scripture Primera? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so this is these are some things that I remember learning in, in seminary. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of these are they're not verifiable. So it's this is kind of just theories of why people might may have done this, and it's it's not like off the wall stuff. But um, something we know is that you know Peter, James, John, Andrew they were fishermen. They spent all of their time fishing until they followed Jesus. Um, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. His, his dad was a carpenter. Um, you know, we, we know that Paul was a tent maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was learned in the scriptures. He was also, he was a Pharisee among Pharisees, but he also was, was a tent maker. And so what we know about the people in the first century is that they were all very, um, you know, they were vocational, you know, they, they had very intense hands on, uh, hands-on work and they were identified really by their, by their profession and they're all tradesmen. And, um, they were, they were not necessarily skilled musicians. We don't have any evidence of them being skilled musicians. I mean, yes, sure. A little shepherd boy might know how to play, uh, play his, his harp. Um, and so who knows whether or not Peter kept a a flute with him at all times. We, we don't know. We don't have evidence <laughs> one way or the other, but uh, what we do know is that all of the professional musicians were in the temple. Uh, they were, they were Jews in the temple employed by the temple and they learned, they were learning how to play their music when Peter, James, John and Andrew were learning how to fish. So, um, when the Jews started converting to Christianity, it, it they may not have played musical instruments in the early early church because they didn't know how to. Um, that that is very potential. We don't have scripture one way or the other, so it's not uh, it's not like the basis of an argument that I would make, but it's something to think about. Um, additionally, there's probably not a whole lot of huge rock and roll bands in the Chinese church today. I would, I would highly doubt that there's a lot of loud clashing symbols coming from the, the Chinese church who are very carefully trying not to be caught by the Chinese government and thrown into prison and possibly killed for worshiping. Mm. Um, and so if you recall, very early on in, in church history, uh, the Romans were not happy with the Christian church. They were... Uh, oh, I do the remember Jews, that. The Jews as well. The Jews were persecuting the Christians. The Romans were persecuting the Christians. Everyone was persecuting the Christians. So they may not have wanted to have had loud clashing symbols uh, announcing their position. And so these are just things to think about. You know, why would there not have been music? Even if it had been allowed, is there a reason for them to have not done it? And the answer is yes. There's a lot of reason for them to have not had instruments in, in church. Um, especially in the early times up until Nicaea really um, you know, they were in hot persecution. And so once uh, Constantine became uh, a Christian and you know, we had the council of Nicaea, that was the, the first time that the church was probably really able to think about having loud clashing symbols in their worship service. This is all speculation. None of this is verifiable. Um, and so that's why I'm not basing my argument on it, but it's something to think about. Um, uh, I know that 
in the early days of the Reformation, um, you know, there, I've, and this is also something that I've, I learned in seminary. Um, a lot of the decisions that were made by the reformers were to look less like the Catholic church. Like they wanted to visually be different. You know, they, 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 they said, Hey, this, the Catholic church is doing a lot of things based on tradition and not based on scripture. And so let's look less like them as we are looking at the scripture to see what is allowed. Let's make decisions to look less like the Catholic church uh, as well, so that there will be no no question. Um, that, as I said, is not an original idea. If that's completely off base, or um, if I am mistaken, please correct me on that one. Uh, I don't have a source to back that up. But well, Justin the Martyr said the use of singing with instrumental music was not received in the Christian churches as it was among the Jews in their infant state, but only the use of plain song. And plain singing is not childish, but only the singing with lifeless organs, with dancing and cymbals, etc. Once the use of such instruments and other things fit for children is laid aside, and plain singing only retained. That sounds like an opinion, but it also... I mean, there's not... If you've ever gone to a service of just singing with, with no instruments, there is something special to it. Uh, and I'm not saying that that shouldn't ever be done or that mm. it's wrong. Um, I, I am a musician. I enjoy playing guitar. You are. I enjoy playing guitar for the glory of the Lord. I, I do not consider myself to be uh, a professionally skilled musician, but I enjoy playing. And, um, and I, I believe that, I am worshiping God with my guitar while I am playing the guitar. And so I, I enjoy worshiping God that way. I believe that we are to enjoy worshiping God. It should not be something mechanical. Um, you know, the question one, you know, what is the chief end of man to glorify God and to enjoy him forever? Mm -hmm. So enjoying God while glorifying him sounds like heaven to me. And, um, you know, that's the point of living. And so, I enjoy worshiping with my guitar and I believe that there's a, an argument for it found in the Psalms. And so for a church to say it is not within the, the prescription of scripture to allow me to allow you to play the guitar while singing, it just sounds that that argument doesn't make sense to me when the Psalms clearly uh, have instrumentation in the, in the music. Um,